talking about sex. She's like, well, yeah, how's the sex? And she's like, we, we, we're moving really slow. We're not doing that. We're not worried about that. She's like, what? You guys aren't fucking. I'm like, yeah, they fucking answer the question about fucking. <laughs> but in what, what world do these two high school kids not have sex? And then it came to prom night. And like, this is after they kind of had their big fight about her moving to New York and they haven't broken up yet. And she's like, come back to my place, man. And like, she's ready to fuck him and stuff. And, and he's like, why are we doing this now? And she's like, do you not want to do this? And he's like, no, I want to do it, but it just feels weird. And that's when they break up. And I'm like, hold the fucking phone. I get, yeah, they're going to break up because this is long distance. But what dude's like, fuck it. I'm going to tell this girl that I love. And they're making out hot and heavy right before they're about to do it. And it's like, what guy's like, nah, man, this ain't right. I'm not going to fuck you. I'm going to break up with you. It's the movie toasty show here for you. Dennis and Adam joke about orgasms and sweet movie reviews. We talk about TV too, right? I, I think so. Yeah. 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 Movie toast. What's up, everyone? Welcome to Movie Toast, episode 72. I'm Movie Toaster Adam here. Wait, I'm so Adam, fucking pumped Adam. to talk about episode five of WandaVision. What's up, Dennis? Hey, I, you I, just ruined my I, take here. I, 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 I hate to tell you, man, but we, we recorded last week. This is episode no, 73. I wasn't here. Yeah, so I might have asked my wife to sit in for you last episode. I thought you might have, you what? know, listened to it, but I guess... I, mean, I guess that one slipped under the radar. I mean, you, you know what they say, uh, the show must go on. So we kind of... What? We kept the show okay, going, well, sir. What did, what did you guys talk about? Did You didn't talk about WandaVision, did you? <gasps> I think we talked a little bit about WandaVision. It's just a little bit of WandaVision. Maybe episode five. Right. Just episode okay. five. Uh, I see how it is. We had to keep it live, man. means nothing to this show anymore. Uh, okay. We gotta no, keep just the toast you, crispy. Uh, no, thank thank you for uh, stepping in last week with Val. I I felt like shit, and um, I don't know what it was, but uh, I had a false negative COVID test at work, and uh, I don't know. I, I thought maybe it was COVID, but it wasn't COVID. I felt like Oof. shit, but you guys really knocked it out of the park last week. I'd thank love you, to have Val come back whenever. Thank you for doing it without me. I totally appreciate that. Hey, man, you got to keep the toast crispy. We, we keep it rolling out. Yeah, we do. We got this, man. Or uh, I like to think you guys got to keep it nice. Tight and toasty, as as you guys said. Tight and toasty, yep. It was, was a good. tight and toasty one. <laughs> <laughs> well, glad to hear you're you're doing better. Yeah, you guys have a great chemistry, even better than you and I. Like you guys got a nice ebb and flow, and I'm like a monkey wrench <laughs> thrown in here right now. Oh no! So no. why don't you have Val come back, and I'll take off this week. Oh god, I don't I don't think I could wrangle her into it. She needs to prepare. Uh, There's a process. There's oh, you got condition. a professional on your hands. Oh yeah, this is some high end talent, man. I I don't know. It's it's asking a lot of me actually just to <laughs> just to work with her. So, <laughs> oh boy. Well, like like you said, uh, whenever she wants to come back on, if there's something she wants to talk about, she, doors always open, man. Oh yeah, Please absolutely. Let her know. That yeah. was a lot of fun. We we will do yeah. that for sure. So how I, you doing so- this week, man? I'm doing all right. Doing all right. I've been keeping busy with little little things here and there. Got a got a gig coming up. I'm I'm excited for. 
doing doing nice. another commercial, so it should be fun. Ooh. Propping some stuff up. So uh, yeah, it should be fun though. I am looking forward to reviews this week though, because you saw some stuff that I was very very intrigued to hear about. So I know I'm going to be pumped for that. But that's that's putting the cart before the horse. I'm getting ahead of things. I got word there might be some polls. Some polls. There for is. The There's two polls that kind of with last week's episode, but let's pretend that last week didn't happen because he didn't. Re- well, not last week didn't happen. If you haven't seen WandaVision episode five, pretend like you haven't seen it if you have, but just go with the polls, I guess. Because these polls went with that. So right before the. That's a nice callback to two episodes ago where we or three at this point. So uh, Elizabeth Olsen kind of teased, oh, we have this fucking cameo that's secret that nobody knows about. It's kind of on par with the with the special cameo that happened over on the Mandalorian season two finale. So I'm like, I want to know who would be the most intriguing person to have a cameo. So this is what I put out there. I'm like, Iron Man, Captain American, Captain American, (laughs) Captain Captain American. American. Captain Canadian. <laughs> uh, or uh, Quicksilver or Stan the Man Lee. Oh, yeah. And uh, we got we got some some pretty good vote, votes here. What, what what do you think? What would your vote be? I, I feel like there would be shock value in Captain America's appearance just because there was all this, like he's never coming back again and all this stuff. But then, you know, how heartwarming would it have been to have Stan Lee show up and like, Turns out he had one more secret cameo that he filmed or something, or even like a body double just to have someone Stanley like run through frame. Mm. Like that would have even been pretty cool. But that's that's yeah. kind of where my money lies right there. I that that's where I, I'm like, dude, if they fucking have Stanley pop up here after they said he was done, he shot his final cameo. I was gonna my money and my fucking load was gonna be like right on the TV. Um, so <laughs> we got Poor a guy. tie for last place and a tie for. <laughs> For first place, it was a tie between Iron Man and Captain America at 17% each. And a tie with Quicksilver and Stan Lee. So I think we all know how that went in in last week's episode. For sure. But I'm like, before the episode went out, I'm like, you know what? I came up with two other great thoughts here. So I'm like, what if we brought Hugh Jackman back as Wolverine or Mm. Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool? Or just stick with Stanley because I really wanted Stanley. Really wanted Stanley to be in there. I did. Uh, Deadpool would have been fun, but uh, some some Wolverine action would be sick. He's finally getting some more crossover between X Men and the Avengers universe would be cool, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it be cool <laughs> if they did that? Hmm. I Whoever hope they would did. see that happening. <laughs> uh, so, I gotta say, so had- between the two polls. You hit the nail on the head. It was the X-Men's Quicksilver that showed up. Yes. And that's great. That's awesome. You Mm. knew going into it somehow. You felt it coming. Well, I mean, I feel like everyone kind of knew it was coming. I feel like the cat got out of the bag on that one somehow. And it's like, was that as big as the cameo in fucking Mando? It's like, no and yes. Like, Like, yeah, it's bringing them into this universe. But it's like. As big as that, that's why I'm like Stan Lee or a dead Wolverine. Like, but it's like, that's still a big fucking event to happen, but not as big as I think she made it sound. Unless there's another cameo coming that we don't know about. 
Which, which could be true. Um, I think just to kind of keep it in the fold and to really gear us up for Multiverse of Madness or or whatever they're going to try to really mm-hmm. hand us into, that's going to be where I think the next big cameo will reveal itself. But hey, we got time. There's a, there's what, four episodes left? Yeah. Yes, and uh, if it's not incorrect, I think the internet has said Kevin Feige claims the last couple of episodes are going to be an hour long each. Sweet. So some big stuff could happen. Something we could seek yeah, our, so, sink so, our teeth into. But Wolverine came in last place with 17%. DP came in at 33 and Stanley came in at 50. Yeah, that would have been cool. I got to be honest. That that would have been badass. You you almost will it. I, 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 I thought I could will it in. I was going to be like, I fucking called it. No one else did. And yeah, clearly I did not call it. So fuck me. <laughs> Happy Valentine's Day, folks. It's like like we're living in an alternate world, like we're in the Matrix or something. Hey, speaking of which, my first movie <laughs> review, if you don't mind, I watched this flick over on Amazon Prime, an Amazon original movie starring Owen Wilson and Selma Hayek called Bliss. Y- y- you know anything about this movie? No, I just, I was immediately intrigued by the casting. I was just like, okay, I never would have paired these two together, but let's see what they right? can do. I, that alone, I'm just like, all right, I'm in. Yeah. So this movie is not a comedy. This is about, it's a guy down on his luck. He's just about to get, he's divorced. He's just about to get fired from work, but he accidentally kills his boss and kind of makes it look like he didn't. And he escapes to a bar across the street where he runs into a lady who he's kind of sketched before in his dreams. Like he daydreams and sketches like a perfect world that he wants to live in and the perfect woman he wants to be with. And a version of her is at the bar and she can kind of bend reality. And she's like, oh, you're railing. He's like, what? What are you talking about? She's like, I've seen you before. I I think you're from this alternate reality. Everything here, this is all fake. This is a simulation. And she's like, here, I can make things happen. And she makes someone drop like a a little uh, plate or like a little, not, not, not a plate, but like a serving tray that has some drinks on it. And like, he's like, you're crazy. And like, then he realized, because she looks, Selma Hayek is the woman. I keep saying she, Selma Hayek. But she kind of looks like she's like cracked out or tweaked out on something. But he kind of, he's intrigued by her. She's like, well, you need an alibi. And he's like, for what? And she's like, I know what you did across the way. And like points at the dead boss. And then somehow the boss falls out of the window because it's up on a big like skyscraper. Fucking plops on the ground dead. And he's like, oh, well, I guess now I got a, I got an alibi. And he goes with her. And then, like, she starts showing him, oh, we can fuck with reality. What? And she has him take these, like, weird crystals. And, like, that shows him how he can bend reality. And it's Ow. like, okay, is this true? Or is she getting him high? And it kind of makes you question it for a while. She brings him back to her house, which is, like, in this, like, shanty tent alleyway under a freeway type situation. It's just so weird and creepy. And you get like maybe 45 minutes in like, okay, I, I, I don't know what's going on here. And then she brings him into the real world. And it turns out he's a doctor in the real world with her. And they're doing experiments trying to see if earth is worth living on. What? And it's, it's weird. And like people know her and like fucking Bill Nye, the science guy's there. And he's like, Hey, how's uh, your experiment going on there? And she's like, Oh, it's going great. And then like later on, he pulls, Owen Wilson aside, he's like, hey, a lot of people are worried that she's uh, lying or fabricating her results. As this is all happening, Owen Wilson's daughter, before any of this happened, she called up about her brother's graduation, invited the dad, and like he's like, 
yeah, I'm going to be at the graduation. And he doesn't go to the graduation and she's hunting him down, trying to find him. And when she finally meets him, he's like, well, you're not real. Selma Hayek told me you're just a fake non-playable character type thing. She's like, I'm real, dad. What happened? He's like, I'll see you at the, at the graduation. She's like, that was three weeks ago. So like time is just moving in a weird augmented way. I don't know. It's a weird trippy movie. Okay. I don't know huh. if I'm doing it any justice, but like, it's like, you got to question if like the real world is real or not. And hmm. it's, it's trippy. All right. All right. I've I said mean, trippy I, I, a lot in this review. I'm a little intrigued by what's going on, but it's also just, that's, that's crazy sounding that it is all over the yeah. place. All right. But it's worth checking out. It, it's, it's, I feel like it's almost two hours, but it keeps you on the edge of your seat kind of the whole time, I think. And, uh, I'm going to give Bliss two slices of toast. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. I mean, I'm intrigued. I added it to my queue when I saw it drop purely because of the cast, but I didn't really know anything else about it. Now that now knowing that I'd like to see how that resolves. That is that kind of fantasy sci-fi stuff intrigues me. So. Yeah. That's... But if you want to talk a little more reality, I can give you another review that I would have reviewed last week if I were here, which is a movie kind of based more on reality. The documentary about the making of Survivor, the TV series. Yeah, how'd you it's know? Real as, it's as real as it gets, man. That is reality. It's the realest. It's it's too damn real to handle, so I couldn't I couldn't watch it, man. I couldn't watch it. <laughs> I would watch a movie instead. I watched uh, the new movie, Milkham and Marie. You know anything about this? Oh, yes. Okay. The the COVID movie piece. Uh, movie piece. Yes. Movie piece? Um, <laughs> COVID movie. The experiment in what can be accomplished in said environment yeah yeah, I, I did, yeah uh, take it take us on a ride man how, how was right, it cool so this flick stars zendaya and john david washington it's kind of like this movie like it starts off you see this couple coming home the guy's really excited the girl looks kind of like non-face she starts making macaroni and cheese the guy's like dancing around they're in this big house and we find out that uh, the guy is a director and he just had his debut film premiere and it went successful. His girlfriend is a little angry at him and we don't know why. And it's kind of like the two are in a fight, but they're not in a fight. Like they, they, the whole movie is like, they're fighting. They're not fighting. They are fighting. Like, it's so weird. Like the first fight is mm -hmm. about like, Oh, you thanked everyone at your premiere before the screening but you didn't thank me. And I'm kind of the basis of your main character. And that starts a whole thing. He's like, well, I, I, I apologize to you. And she's like, yeah, but everyone at the, at the after party was like saying, I must feel so bad about it. And it kind of got to me. And like, it's this weird up and down. It's like six hours. It feels like it's like they get home at like three o'clock and they, the movie ends when it's like maybe six or seven o'clock in the morning. And it's just like really intense. There's no one else. They're mm -hmm. in this one house the whole time. Black and white. There's a lot of music cues. There's a lot of political, like white people are kind of racist against him and the reviews and stuff. I don't know. It's just so weird because the acting is great and the premise is good. But the fact that they're fighting, they're not fighting. One thing is resolved, but then another thing happens. And it's like, it's kind of tiresome. <sighs> mm, okay. I wondered, because it's like, it, it looked like it would be it, something you would see on a stage play. At least the, the little uh, mm -hmm. pieces I'd seen teased and like the trailer I'd seen for it. It seemed like it was very much an acting piece. I was curious. Oh, if, yeah. 
if does that maintain momentum all the way through i mean it does like i caught myself saying okay how much longer is this mm. oh, oh, okay i get more to and it's pretentious i feel like it's a little artsy a little little too much inside itself but i will say for a movie that was shot during quarantine this is the first one that has a solid story and it has solid acting and it doesn't feel rushed it's just okay. it felt so pretentious the acting is great the story is pretty good but it's just kind of repetitive and a little too long for me so it's kind of i i don't know if it's one of those weird places i wish i could say it was a great movie but it's not in my opinion and it's not a terrible movie so i'm gonna give it i'm gonna give it one and a half slices of toast all right yeah. That's surprising. Given the visual style and stuff, I was kind of excited for that one. But if it's that full of itself, though, yeah, I could see that starting to grate at you after a, after a while. And I don't know if it's just me who has that thought. I haven't read any other reviews or anything, but it's definitely worth if you have HBO Max and you have like two hours and you want to want to watch something different, you could check it out. But yeah, yeah, I wouldn't rush to it or anything if I were a okay. viewing audience. Yeah. Well, I could take you on a little bit of a different journey. How about that for the All next right. review? So I'll tell you the story of a, of a young boy who he struggled against all odds. He rose to the occasion and he met his aggressors head on, seeking out revenge. You watch Rudy? Oh, oh, yeah. Is it, you, you, think, you, think it's, you think it's Rudy? Is that what it is? Yeah. No, I watched the 1982 classic Conan the Barbarian. That was what? my first... <laughs> My first viewing of the film ever, actually. I don't know how oh. I've missed out on this 80s classic, but let me tell you, man, I was glad I did. I was glad I did. To be honest, what actually had kind of inspired it, I had recently purchased the previous Conan video game, Conan Exiles, and I was kind of like, I really don't know anything about the world. I don't know what it's referencing. I don't know anything about the comics. I was like, okay, what's the deal here? Let's watch this Schwarzenegger movie and see what the deal's about. Wow. I, I mean, I was decently surprised. This is, uh, as I said, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger and James Earl Jones, who plays the evil ruler, Thulsa Doom. The film starts off at this, at this quiet village in the woods, is attacked by this fearsome king, very intimidating looking presence. It's James Earl Jones in a long, straight haired wig. Terrifying, terrifying. <laughs> um, well, he slaughters the village. He kills Conan's father. Uh, Conan's mother is trying to defend him uh, down to the last person. Thola Doom steps off his horse and approaches them. And he slices her head off right in front of Conan while he's standing there. And he's a small child. He's holding his mother's hand. And like the framing was killer because you just see her hair fall down the side of the frame. And then her body falls hmm. away from Conan. And he's just standing there holding his hand up in the air to where her hand was. And he's just wide-eyed in disbelief and He's he's taken sold into slavery. He's he along with the other children are captured and thrown into a wheel of pain. This giant device that you're shackled to, where all of the prisoners are forced to just keep turning this giant heavy wheel. And it's clear you see this montage of time passing and fewer and fewer slaves are attached to this thing, and it's clear he's the only one left. But he's still hmm. moving the whole thing himself. And is he a uh, child or is he Arnold by now? We see him as a teenager for a second. He's kind of known. He's developed a weird like relationship with his like owner. And and then huh. we finally get to him being Arnold. But that's when he's like, okay, there's this big buff dude. He's going to throw, make him a pit fighter. So Conan isn't even Conan right off the bat. And that's honestly one of the things I really like about the story. He's not like an incredible sword fighter immediately. He doesn't just have this vast wealth of knowledge 
right away, he has to learn it. And we get to see him learn it. The narrator is telling us the story of the rise of the name Conan, of who he was to the locals. He was an enslaved gladiator, but he became so good at what he did, his owner finally released him. Said, You've, you're worth living your own life. Go out and live it. You're an incredible fighter. Go be a warrior. Go do your thing. Well, he's oh. always been motivated. Conan's always been motivated by trying to find the man who killed his people. And the, he didn't even know his name. He just knew a symbol the emblem that was on his flags when he attacked the village. So he's been going around asking people about this icon of snakes surrounding a sun. And he's traveling to these interesting places. He meets these really cool characters. We get to this large city for the first time, which getting to a large city in this world is really cool. But one of the things I really like about the way this film is shot is its landscape is very sparse. This is Conan the Barbarian, and it feels barbaric. I like that. (laughs) We're not seeing armies of like tens of thousands. This isn't like Lord of the Rings where you're just seeing an ocean of people and orcs and all this shit. It's it's like it feels like you're crossing a desert and it's it feels so impressive that this character is doing it's it's intense. Not what you'd expect of Arnold for the peak of his 80s action movies of like he's not constantly dropping one liners. It's not full of a bunch of there's funny things, but it's not like Mm -hmm. as comedic as a lot of his other action films. This is a really solid sword and sorcery film. All of the supporting cast is fantastic. One of my favorite characters, the narrator, who's also the the wizard who helps uh, who helps him, played by an actor named Mako. That is, he's actually been in a whole lot of stuff. If you IMDb that guy, you'd, you'd probably recognize him from several things. He did a cool job. The use of magic in that it wasn't like held off to any one point. We didn't try to hide from showing you anything on camera. We get to see cool demons and spirits and there's skeleton people. And it's a really cool collection of uh, locations and stuff, but it feels very real. And I like that we're getting all the backstory. This is very much the origin story. And watching Mm. him rise to power, meet his friends, conquer the bad guy, he wins the day, but he's not trying to become king. He's simply trying to exact revenge. That's what's the endearing cool thing about the character is that he has no other motivations. Yes, he appreciates earthly pre- pleasures, like the classic line, Conan, what is best in life? Uh, to crush your enemies, to see them driven before you, and to hear the lamenting of the women. He's not an elegant man, but he lives by his, a set code. Yes. Uh, what I thought was impressive, for a movie that came out in 82, the female characters, Valeria, the warrior that he kind of ends up dating, she's a badass in her own right. She doesn't need his help. She helps him. Mm. Like, she's not this helpless damsel that always needs to be rescued like this is someone who can Mm -hmm. take down some bad guys totally on her own and is a badass doing it is it still kind of have some of those misogynistic tones you'd expect from this type of world of course there's a few unnecessary topless sex scenes that are just kind of like arnold must have been having some fun on set sure but it (laughs) it made sense in the world of the character like conan wasn't attacking women or anything it was presented in a way where he showed respect the first even the first time they showed him with a woman was like he was very gentle and he was concerned with how comfortable she was and even when he when he meets other friends he's quick to make acquaintances he's not trying to just slaughter he's trying to survive he's a survivor that's that's one of the things i really like about this machine no he's capable of doing so but he'll he'll dish it out if you try to give it to him and I, I had a great time watching this. I actually watched it on Peacock. Now, it's not going to be there much longer. I believe it's about to move off in the next few days. So unfortunately, you're going to have to track this one back down if you're trying to stream it. But 
the uh, Conan the Barbarian from 1982. I'm giving this one three slices. It's like three slices with an asterisk. I almost came in saying 2.75 slices, but I thought that would just sound fucking ridiculous. <laughs> and it's because I know what that looked like. It fits somewhere in between for me because it's. I know I enjoy this type of like. 80s schlock i like these big 80s epic fantasy movies but this one in particular is of good quality i mean keeping in mind things like star wars have been released by now the first couple you have this awareness of like the really good big epic science fiction and fantasy movies and i mm-hmm. think this this film did a great job it was a very it was a very fun ride do not regret it in the slightest I know I've seen this movie as a child and I've seen it multiple times, I feel like probably because I feel like it was probably on like HBO or something as a kid. And I don't remember this movie like as you're saying it, I'm like, oh, wow, I've never seen this. And I'm like, no, I have seen it, but nothing sticks in my head. I feel like I should rewatch this. Oh, man, it's t- it's really worth it. I mean, it's genuinely a solid action movie that doesn't feel like we're hitting a bunch of like unnecessary beats. It Everything feels like it's there for a reason. And I actually, I want to say, I believe Oliver Stone took a pass. He's, he's one of the writers on the movie. Huh. And it's like, it, and it shows quality to detail has been paid to this film. Mm. And it's great, yes. great time. I'm happy you got around to it at least then. Yeah, me too. And you weren't disappointed. Well, what you, what you got up next for us? You know the movie Bridesmaids? Yes, sir. Well, I watched a movie that was written and stars the two ladies that wrote Bridesmaids. I'm talking about Kristen Wiig and Annie Mamamlo. I don't know how to pronounce her last name, but uh, have you heard anything about this flick called Barb and Star Go to Vista Del Mar? I've seen some like teasers for it, and it was like, it's one of those, the ad campaign was so vague. I, that's what yes. intrigued me. Mm-mm. But I don't I don't know anything about the story. Just talking about this trailer alone was like, what the fuck is this? Like, because the trailer, you don't see the face. You don't see the ladies. They're like, oh, if we had a trailer, it would be like this. If we did a movie, it should be <laughs> like. Right. And like, they give you nothing. They just give you clips of weird shit happening. Barbara and Star go to Vista Del Mar. Everywhere you rent movies, February 12th, 2021, owning up to the fact that you're not going to see it in the theater, even though I will say before the pandemic, I did see this poster at a movie theater. Oh, yes. Yeah. The world yep. didn't happen. But I was going to say, I actually recall seeing trailers in the theater, right? You know, the in the last couple of movies mm-hmm. I remember going to, and it was just having that same reaction. I was like, what the fuck is this? Am I supposed to know? Uh-huh. <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, I showed Sarah the trailer and she's like, oh, I got to see this fucking movie. I'm like, yeah. And then we finally rented it. And I'm like, all right, it did not. It did not disappoint from the weirdness. Oh, nice. Like, nice. It starts off with this little boy listening to some like 80s style music, throwing out like fucking newspapers and stuff. And it's like, what the fuck is that? And then you see him go to this secret lair and you see like, Kristen Wiig dress up as this like weird villain nest lady and you see another guy and and Jamie Dornan uh, (laughs) and they're talking about creating killer mosquitoes and she wants to plant these killer mosquitoes in this one town called Vista Del Mar and it's like what the fuck and then we leave that and we go to Barb and Star and like you said in the trailer they're like talking and they're out of frame and they're at home that same situation here. You see them kind of talking about music, but like 80s rock music or something. And they're dancing a little bit. And it's like, okay, these wacky ladies are at home. And they got like this like Midwestern like accent. And then we pan out. We see that they're at work. They're working at a furniture store. And uh, <laughs> this this family, they're like, excuse me, do you ladies work here? And they're like, oh yeah, we certainly do. And they're like, 
well, we'd like to buy this couch. They're like, oh, uh, well, this is the, the last one we have. Uh, it's all sold out. And like, oh, cool. Do we get a discount on it? And uh, they're like, oh, let us talk one second. And like, you find out this is the couch that they just come and take their breaks and they talk about life things there. Like, this oh, is no. where I sat when I found out that my husband was having an affair on me. And this this <laughs> is when I found out your husband died. And this is where we, and the, where we have our coffee. And they're like, oh, we can't sell this to you. And then later the manager comes over and he tells them, oh, the store's closing. And unfortunately, we have to we have to let you ladies go, but you're going to get a severance package. And then they run into one of their friends and she's like, oh, I just got back from this vacation. The most wonderful place in the world. Uh, life is so much better that I've, I went to this location. I'm going to drop off a, a flyer for it at your house. It's like, OK, cool. And then we cut to seeing these ladies, uh, Barb and Star at a group, uh, like a little like book club type group with a bunch of like funny ladies that you've seen before. Uh, it's called the chat group. They pull a, a, a fucking suggestion for a conversation out of like a hat and that's all they can talk about. <laughs> and they have all these strict rules and it's just like really weird and sad. And then the discussion that's given here is work. And the ladies give like this, like, oh yeah, we did this at work, that at work. And then like Star is like, well, actually, we lied. We got fired. And they're like, well, that's the number one rule in this club. You can't lie. Let's go, ladies, because it was at Barb and Star's house. <laughs> and they're like, we got to leave. And they're like, oh, man, nothing's going our way. And they look at the brochure for Vista Del Mar and like, fuck it. Let's go here. They don't they don't swear. And you see them like packing their bags and they get the most obscured items they're packing. And I know I'm just giving you a review of everything that happens in the first five minutes. But let me get to the gist. So it's about these two lifelong best friends who never lie, they're wholesome, they're great, they're hilarious, and it's about what happens when they tell a lie to each other. Pretty okay. much, they're planning on going on vacation, doing everything together, being inseparable, having fun together, but Star ends up having a crush on, on Jamie Dornan, and <laughs> they course. end up dating, and she tells Barb that she's sick, so <laughs> she's like, Barb, you go out and do stuff, and Barb, this is the first time she's gone out on her own, and she's going out having the time of her fucking life and loving life. <laughs> and she feels bad about it. So each of these ladies is saying, like, Barb's like, yeah, I went out. I didn't do anything special. And she's, like, loving it. Oh, and, that's and, funny. And Star's going out having sex and, like, loving time with Jamie Dornan. And then what happens when they find out that they lied to each other and, like, their their friendship is put to the test. And it's just the most obscure things there's dance numbers, musical breaks, songs that sound like they could be from Lonely Island or fucking Flight of the Concord. And <laughs> it's just so wacky. There's a, a talking fucking crab who's voiced by, I want to say, like, that fake voice of uh, Morgan Freeman, the guy that impersonates oh, Morgan Freeman. He's great. even like, my name is Morgan Freeman. And, like, he's, like, narrating as if he's Morgan Freeman. And just so many random weird things. It's like, it feels like it's like an SNL sketch on like acid or something. That's and it, it's like so prolonged, but it's not bad. And I want to say there's like no plot because so many random things are happening, but there's a, there's a pretty good plot here. And like, even he's only doing this because he wants to be in a committed relationship with the evil woman. And he's not a bad guy. And Star wants a committed relationship. So it's like two people coming together. I don't know. It's so weird. I'm rambling. Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar, a wacky movie. I can't even say enough about this movie. I'm giving <laughs> it three slices of toast because it's fucking weird and out there. And That's I feel like awesome. everyone should experience it. 
You, yeah. yeah, you sold me, dude. Uh, this is easily, so far, this is the most interested I've been. It, it sounds really funny. It sounds really cute. It sounds like a, like a nice oh, time. I want to, you know, yeah. a very a very fun time watching a movie. That's what I want to have. And right now, it's the perfect movie to forget about, like, these impeachment trials and COVID and all the craziness in the world. And it's just these two wholesome ladies. And, like, I would watch more of these these characters doing anything because... Just even the way they talk and the conversations they have, like they can both be running their mouth at the same time, saying different things. And one will be like, oh, shit, you did that. Like they, they're listening to each other, but they're both just running their mouth. And like everyone else around them be like, what the hell's going on? Like I said, you can rent this anywhere. It's $20. But if you got more than one person, it's well worth the 20 bucks. Nice. OK. OK. Do I have something uplifting and fun? Well, I watched the 2011 Conan the Barbarian starring Jason Momoa. Now, I, I was immediately just like, fuck it. I, I want to do a back-to-back. Let's see an immediate comparison of the first entry into the series. You're trying to show me the character Conan for the first time again. Let's pretend I could completely forget about the other one as I'm going through each scene. And what are you choosing to show me? Why is this how you're choosing to show him? Right off the bat, it's kind of funky. I mean, I liked how brutal it was. The brutality seems to be at about the same level. They're barbarians. Like they're these are these are hard fought people. It's not that they're yeah. warmongering. It's that they handle their shit themselves. They don't have standing armies. Everyone is a warrior in their village. This much is the same. The Sumerians have all been slaughtered. But how we get introduced to Conan is a little different. Where the first one starts off, he's he's a young boy. The Jason Momoa one starts off with him as a baby. We witnessed his mother die, which was not the same. Then he's raised by his father, uh, played by Ron Perlman, which Ron Perlman's performance, this is not the strongest Ron Perlman we've seen before. (laughs) This was kind of funky. His delivery was a little weird. It's like we didn't know what kind of accent we should have been directing toward our (laughs) Sumerians because everyone kind of sounds a little different. And then we immediately jump into one of my first, like, heavy issues. Conan is like already an uber badass and we watch him slay like five enemy warriors as a little kid. And it's just boom. He's already just chopping heads off and he's throwing swords and breaking arms. And I mean, it it was cool. It looked badass. Yeah. But that's one of the things I liked about the other one was I liked watching him fail. Like I watched, I liked watching him get beat up. He had to learn the hard way how he got to where he is. He isn't just automatically Conan. So that, that was just like, eh, okay, I'll, I'll try to forget forgive some of that stuff. And then I thought we were going to see, um, we were going to go down that same path of, okay, so the village gets burned down by the, in, the invading forces, the evil magic bad guy, except he's nowhere near as magic as the previous villain was. It's, it's his daughter. Um, his daughter is half sorceress because his, his queen who was murdered hundreds of years ago by this cult of necromancers, we start adding these other layers and I'm like, oh, okay. Except we're not going to spend very much time giving any background to any of these other layers other than they're in the world too. Um, and we just kind of jump ahead into Jason Momoa's time period. We went from him being a kid. Boom, he's Conan. He's, he's doing Conan things. The first bite scene we see with Jason Momoa was cool. I did enjoy watching them roll the boulders down into the slave colony. And he's, he's killing all the slavers and releasing... Cool releasing people from captivity. And this is what he does. Like he steals from the wealthy and the greedy. He frees uh, enslaved people because he doesn't believe people should be owned by others. His band of, of robbers is people of all different nations. They're all just hard up folks who 
have banded together to create their own little like family. So is he like a barbarian version of Robin Hood in this? Kind of. Whereas the first one, it didn't, it wasn't so much he's going around trying to help everyone. It's much more about my own survival. I'm just not like trying to fucking go murder a bunch of people all the time. He hmm. seemed more like a freedom fighter-ish character in this updated story. And I'm just kind of like, okay, he's just like a do-gooder guy, I guess. I don't know how yeah. I felt about that. It, it, it seemed a little more hollow. And to be honest, the rest of the film feels this way too. The action scenes look cool, but then they oh. seem to not really have any direction. There's always holes all over the place. There was a cool scene where Rose McGowan, who plays the sorceress, this cool fight scene, she casts a spell where the sand that Conan is standing on, a bunch of warriors start jumping out of it that, they're, that are made of sand. And these guys are tough. Like, huh. one of them fucking just straight up Spartan kicks Conan right in the chest and kicks him across this courtyard that they're fighting in. But in the same fight scene, the princess girl that he's supposed to be saving barely cuts one with a dagger and the thing explodes into a ball of dust. So it's like <laughs> the rules of how strong they are is kind of fast and loose. And there's another issue I have with this one. The, the princess lady, she's the last of this descendant of bloodline that they need to sacrifice her blood in order to cast the spell, in order to bring the sorcerer's queen back to life. The queen of the guy who killed Conan's family. Now, this girl is pretty helpless. She's like, we see, maybe we see her stab a couple dudes, but she's very much the damsel in distress. And it's like, for a movie that was so, supposed to be so much more recent and so much more updated, we seem to have gone backwards as far as huh. female strength on screen. And I'm like, Valeria was a badass. In fact, she comes back as a Valkyrie and saves Conan, uh, saves Arnold Schwarzenegger by the end of the movie. Mm. And she does it in a very badass fashion. This movie, he's constantly saving her and she's helpless. She does, like I said, she does like a couple yeah. of cool sword things that are just like, and even there was even a moment where Conan's like, wow, that's impressive for a woman. Like, uh, even in the Schwarzenegger version, he never said shit like that. He's just like, I do not scale you a woman if you pick up a sword. Like, it's, I liked that attitude a lot more. Instead, we had to highlight that fact. And the rest of the movie feels like this. You can tell from my tone of voice, this was not a fun ride for me. Even the second, like, one of the last fight scenes just drug on so long. And I'm sorry, but the fight scene with, like, the, la the final bad guy shouldn't feel like it's dragging and boring. But this one did to me. For what little fragments of cool things we got to see on camera, it just did not carry the pacing and the, the not great script. I, I viewed it on the Roku channel. It is among their free available features, but I'm going to give this one and a half slices. There are some pretty things on camera. Some of the fight scenes were cool. I like some of the concepts of like the world, but that's not going to carry a whole damn nice. movie. And it did not at all. So. Skip it. I am going to go dig up the old Schwarzenegger movies, and I want to go back and watch the rest of the, the, the classic ones after that piece of crap. I mean, I give this the It Man treatment because I know that those films I was I had readily available access to. These ones I got to go track down. I'll, I'll see if I can, though. I, I will do my due diligence. I'll, I'll, I'll see if I can bring you uh, Conan the Destroyer next week. That would be fun. Well, I dished out a couple Conans. You got something that's not a barbarian. Yeah, you know, I got something that's a little bit different, I guess, from Conan. <laughs> not not a destroyer or a conqueror, but uh, I, I've reviewed two movies in the past, some Netflix young adult movies, and I speak of the To All the Boys series. So I, I'm going to give you a catch-up here before I get into this one. So in 2018, there was To All the Boys I've Loved Before, which is about this girl who had a crush on a boy, and she sent him a letter, but 
she also sent all these other boys letters and it wasn't really her that did it. It was her little sister. And to try to get out of this, she starts dating this one guy. Well, dates, I say that in air quotes. She pretends to date this one guy and this one guy wants to get revenge on his ex-girlfriend. So he goes along with it and they come up with rules saying we can't fall for each other. Oh, no. but little do you know, they fall oh, for each boy. other. And then, uh, <laughs> so that movie ends, they're all happy all together. And uh, it was cute. And then in 2020, they came out with the sequel, which was called To All the Boys. P.S. I Still Love You. So we, we, we at the end of the first movie, there's a knock on the door. And then we find out in the second movie, it's one of the boys that she wrote a note to who lives in a distant town. He's back in town. And she starts talking to him. And her boyfriend, the guy from the last flick, he's a little jealous. Ooh. And their relationships put to the test. Strain. Oof. But little do you know, they, they, they work it out by the end. So Aww. things are looking good for this couple. So now the epic conclusion to their love story happens. The third movie just dropped on Netflix to all the boys, always and forever. So now it's senior year for this couple and things are heating up. Ooh. They're about to graduate and they have a plan. The boy's going to go to school up in California because he's got a lacrosse scholarship. And the girl is planning to go there as well, but she hasn't got accepted yet. And guess what, Dennis? Uh-oh. Uh -oh. She don't get oh. in. And, get, and guess what? No. She fucking, he asks, oh, did you get, you get the results? Are you going there? Did you get the results? Did you, did you find out if you're I'm getting positive. in? And she was having another conversation with her sister because her her sister had a big fight and her sister's like, is everything okay? And she's like, yep. Or she sent like a blanket statement of yep. Or like a yes. And the boy, she sent it to the boy. So now the boy thinks, Oh yeah, great. We're going to school together. And it's like, Oh no. no. Is she going to tell him that she fucked up? It takes a little bit, but she eventually tells him. So she's going to, she got accepted to another school in California. So it's like a two hour drive without traffic, of course. So they're going to commute on weekends and it's all going to be good. Or so we mm. thought. They go to a class trip. They're in like Wisconsin or somewhere in the middle of the country. And they take a class trip to New York. And boy, oh boy, does she fall in love with New York. And guess what? One of her safety schools was NYU and she gets accepted. Oh, no. And oh, she has to decide if she's going to go up to California or New York. And she decides, yeah, I'm going to go to New York. And uh, as you can imagine, the boyfriend... He was not a fan of that. And this guy has been the most sweet, loving, gentle lover that any girl could ever ask for. He's been a sweetheart. And uh, he kind of, he's like, well, yeah, you're just going to do it for a semester. Then you can transfer to the uh, school that I'm at. It's all good. And she's like, no, no, I think I, I fell in love with New York. I think I might stay there all four years. And he's like, well, you know what? Why fucking delay it three more months? We're going to break up. We're going to break up. And it's like, yes. It's like I was rooting for the, these cats the last two movies, and I was rooting for them in the beginning, but it's like, this is real life. Who, who fucking... Uh, Dennis, you want to talk about this? I feel like we can cut this out, but you were in a long-term relationship when we started college, right? Yeah. Or, or long distance. It's long, not Long easy, distance, not long-term. Hell no. No, that's, that shit sucks. Okay. So... So I feel like they made the right move. I mean, it's a movie. Do they get back together? I'm not going to tell you. You got to check it out on Netflix yourself. But um, I, I it was kind of nice because the whole, the last two movies, I'm like, yeah, cool. It's sweet. It's lovely. 
they're in high school, they're in love, and it's like, but that ends, it has to end eventually, and, um, I'm, I'm happy that it was, like, real life, and, um, it's weird, the one thing that wasn't, wasn't true, that, to real life, here's where my mind fucking went, dude, these are, of course, adults, so I'm not, the, the actors are adults, they're not children, they're not in high school, like, because the movie starts off with the girl, she is, um, she is Korean, her dad's American, her mother's dead, but the the dad keeps with the heritage and stuff and takes his daughters to Korea. And then they come back and the boyfriend's there and, and he meets them and greets her at home. And I'm like, man, I bet these two kids are fucking left and right like jackrabbits. But I didn't say anything out loud. <laughs> and then like a couple of late, minutes later in the movie, her best friend's like talking about sex. She's like, well, yeah, how's the sex? And she's like, we, we, we're we moving really slow. We're not doing that. We're not worried about that. She's like, what? You guys aren't fucking. I'm like, yeah, they fucking answer the question about fucking. <laughs> but in what, what world do these two high school kids not have sex? And then it came to prom night. And like, this is after they kind of had their big fight about her moving to New York. And they haven't broken up yet. And she's like, come back to my place, man. And like, she's ready to fuck him and stuff. And, and he's like, why are we doing this now? And she's like, do you not want to do this? And he's like, no, I want to do it, but it just feels weird. And that's when they break up. And I'm like, hold the fucking phone. I get, yeah, they're going to break up because this is long distance. But what dude's like, fuck it. I'm going to tell this girl that I love. And they're making out hot and heavy right before they're about to do it. And it's like, what guy's like, nah, man. This ain't right. I'm not going to fuck you. I'm going to break up with you. It's like, nah, I feel like in real life, even if the guy's a sweetheart, he'll probably fuck you and then break up. I it's don't like, know. that's how good a guy this but is. But this is I, I a lot of scummy people, not me. <laughs> to all the boys, always and forever, I'm going to give it 2.5 slices of toast. Now, this movie is the third in the trilogy, but honestly, it's not the best. It's a good movie, but the other two are higher quality, man. So I'm a little let down. That's why the the grades not. I was going to say you, you came at the uh, the first two with a much more intensity and scrutiny. I just I could tell from your tone right away you were not nearly as excited about this one. So that's telling. That that speaks yeah. volumes. And I wanted to. I was so excited about this one, man. I, when I found out it, it was coming on Netflix, it was like last week. I'm like, oh, it's coming there out. It's it's here, man, for <laughs> Valentine's weekend. And then I'm like, fuck you. You had to crap that one out. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so so. I got another Conan. This is a different. No, what? I'm kidding. I don't have any more Conans. I don't have any more Conans. I wish I did. <laughs> that would have been nice, man. That would have been a sweet transition. Ah, oh, Dennis, man. I want to give a spoiler to everyone, man. I love love stories. And I love the WandaVision oh, love yeah. story, man. You want to talk about episode six of WandaVision? Of course. Absolutely. Let's keep the ball rolling. I've been loving the series and episode six Definitely keeping up with what we've been seeing. Let's dive in deep like Scrooge McDuck diving into his fucking gold coins. We're going to spoil the fuck out of this shit, guys. So if you haven't watched the latest episode or you don't like WandaVision, please leave and don't come back. I don't know. It's up to you, man. But we're going to spoil shit. So uh, thanks for listening to the episodes. Hopefully uh, you liked or you disliked what we had to say. But uh, let us know if you agree or disagree with our reviews. We had some hot takes this week, man. We're over at movie underscore toast on Twitter and some other places. Uh, we're also throwing a film festival that we're excited. We want you guys to submit some flicks. Dennis, where can they submit these flicks? That's at filmfreeway.com, my friend. That's filmfreeway.com. Backslash Movie Toast the Festival or search Movie Toast the Festival and you'll find us. We're taking everything. Ten bucks an entry right now, man. It's a bargain. We've gotten some pretty sweet flicks and we want to see even more flicks. 
But Dennis, you want to you want to lead us off into our Wanda talk right off the bat. I fell in love with our our update to the presentation of the world. Wanda's new interpretation may look familiar to some Malcolm in the Middle of fans. This early 2000s uh, sitcom was was funny. And I like that this in this world, we stopped hearing the laugh track because obviously the format of the show stopped using mm-hmm. a laugh track. But we we stuck to that Malcolm in the Middle format to a T. The kids talking into the camera, mm-hmm. the humor that's being used, even the cadence of speech. Like the way Quicksilver was talking to Wanda throughout the episode even felt like he was a character from Malcolm in the Middle. He was not Quicksilver. Yeah. But I'm getting a little ahead of things. It's Halloween. We've we've arrived to, to yeah. Halloween Day. And what's Scarlet Witch gonna dress up as for Halloween? But Scarlet Witch. The original costume. I, I, that was neat. I thought that was a funny, a funny little yeah. nod to, to that. But yeah, they we we get a we get a peep the original Scarlet Witch and Vision costumes in this episode as a funny little also Quicksilver. And, and well. yes, and Quicksilver. Uh that was a that was a fun, fun reference. But uh yeah, yeah, we're we're setting up for some. There's there's something funny in the air. We we know something is off. Vision is is even acknowledged. This is weird. I mean, your brother's living with us now. Vision's freaking out. Yeah, about but he's still playing the character. He's trying to maintain his cover basically in front of Wanda, even though Wanda can sense Vision is off. Vision doesn't want to let that be known. He doesn't want to show. It's Halloween. He's he tells her, "Oh, you know, I volunteered for neighborhood watch, so I'm not going to be sorry. I can't help the boys tonight, uh, or we can't go trick or treating." Uh, take your brother. Yeah, they'll be great. He, he can help you out. Uh, Wanda went to find, went to check in, no. and he was not uh, participating <laughs> in the neighborhood watch. He was doing a little investigation of his own, wandering to the fringe edges of the town. And this is where it really started to get creepy. I like that when it maintained the music. Yeah. But as he started to walk around and see the frozen corners of the town, people in mid like poses doing things. Like he even goes, he sees some kids, and he's like, "Hey, are your parents around?" And the kids are just frozen. You see, like a lady putting up clothes on, like a fucking uh, clothesline, or it's a Halloween decoration. She's hanging a Halloween decoration, and she's never hooking the decoration on the line. She just keeps repeating the action of attempting to to hang it, and then you see tears rolling down her face. And we run into everyone's favorite co-star, Catherine Hahn, sitting in a car, kind of dressed as a witch. And she, it's clear she's made the. This is the strongest attempt we've seen of her trying to (laughs) escape. And earlier in the episode, um, we, we hear uh, Wanda tell one of the boys, oh, just remember, you don't don't go beyond uh, was it Ellis Street. And this is where she is. Yep. She's she's in her car. She's facing the street, but she's not going forward. She's just sitting there smiling in the in the driver's seat. Vision approaches her, questioning her. What are you doing? She's like, oh, I I uh, I got lost. I was I was trying to get to the uh, the town square Halloween party and I, I, got, I got lost. And it's like you got lost in the town you grew up in. Yeah, do you know where the party is? <laughs> the town square party is in the town square. Oh, okay. She turns around and leaves. And it's not before revealing she's in extreme agony and wants desperately to escape. But she, the thing that we learn here, I believe this is where we learn it. She mentions to Vision about the Avengers and him being an Avenger, right? Yeah, this, that's right. And he doesn't he, remember being an Avenger. And that is important because he should have that much memory. It seems strange. He has this awareness of Wanda, but doesn't know about the Avengers. So his memory seems mm-hmm. to be altered at, at, in some case. And then his escape. That was intense. His yes. escape. He's been looking for the fringe edges of this thing, and he finds it. And he literally starts walking beyond the the edge of the projection and he's visible and it is trying to pull him back 
which makes total sense to me. He can't exist outside of it because this is where Wanda brought him back to life. So you remove the magic, he can't stay alive. At least that's, I don't know. seems logical to me. Then we have the other agents who have been trying to, they've been kicked off the base. They're, they're too radical. They don't, um, they don't want to fight Wanda. They, they know. We're, we're talking about Rambo and fucking uh, Wu, yes. right? They've acknowledged yeah. you can't just go toe to toe with Wanda. You need to cooperate with her. She created this thing. She could dismantle it. Mm-hmm. Well, every, everyone else just wants to nuke him. Sword just wants to light the place up. They just want to wipe her off the face of the mat. Well, not Darcy, but she thinks she can help out. Yes, that's true. Unfortunately for her, <laughs> she might have got caught up in the in a situation. I'm curious to see how that turns out. And this this tip off of whoever this character is that's supposed to get them back in. That's I felt like the way that was left oh. hanging is this is someone we should know already. That's true. It's I, I like that everything moved forward. We got a lot of, in, of information. A lot of things moved uh, forward, but it also felt like it went by so fast. And it's like I got these little morsels to try to save her. No, no, you're right. But we even get Quicksilver uh, talking to her. He He's like, he kind of knows that what's happening. He's like, what's going on? Like, your husband's dead. I, I was shot and I just showed up here. You're using magic. And like he's even calling it out that something yeah. fucked up is going on. Yeah, and he knows like, he doesn't look right. It's like he knows he feels different. Uh-huh. It's like I, he has the memories of the uh, the other Peter, but this is not the mm-hmm. Peter who appeared. So I, I'm I, I love this kind of bending of worlds. And so so why was he called? Did she reach across another dimension in order just to just to have her a version of her brother back? And then they, they, yeah, like we even have flashbacks of them as kids, kind of goofy little like sitcom style Those flashback of I them as kids. So. But the thing that really blew my mind that I didn't think about until Quicksilver called it out, he's like, what's going on here? Where have all these kids been this whole time? There's been no kids in this town, and now there's kids littering the streets. And it's like, holy shit, that's true. Oh, yeah, that a- acknowledging like, her management of all the people. Okay, so if everyone's real, then yes, everyone has to have been around at some point. And that question is, like, so what? Do you, you have them all sleeping peaceful in their beds when you're not using them? What's the deal? And she just blows past mm-hmm. it. We don't get that answer. So there is definitely, I and I, all of these fuel my theory of the third party, the outside force, whether it's Mephisto yeah. or not, another character pulling the strings uh, orchestrating things to run this direction, you know? Mm-hmm. And so do we want to talk about the, the big ending of what actually Get happens? It. I feel like Get it. Since, we're spoiling. since vision's like trying to pull himself out of the TV show. She is like, Oh shit. Cause the kids can sense something's happening to their dad. They're like, mom, what's going on with dad? He's like over here or something. And she goes to try to get him. And she kind of sets the boundaries of this, this TV zone, the, the fake land kind of starts spreading all over the base, the shield base that we're at. And like everyone kind of gets sucked into it. I, I don't know. It's, it's weird. It's, it's about, yeah, she's, she exp- definitely the fact that she could expand her reach through sheer force of will like that. I feel like we haven't seen the limits of her powers yet. Like I said, something else is acting on her to make it so intense that she wouldn't just on a whim do these things. She wouldn't pick up all these dead bodies and yeah. try to reanimate them. She wouldn't take over the minds of all of these innocent people after she's finally, you know, she had a lot of straightening up and answer, answering herself to do that. She wouldn't then turn around and harm a bunch of innocents. The one thing that I did read, which is kind of true, the the twins, what is it, Tommy and uh, Billy, Timmy? or something like that? 
Billy. I, they're the first characters that we've seen in the MCU that have superpowers naturally. I feel like they're they're our first mutants, technically. Oh, out of the MCU. Oh, wow. Because we've never seen any other superhumans. Because even come from... Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver were gen, uh, gener- uh, generically, genetically. They, they were. In the lab. Yeah, they they were altered. You're right. Yeah, because I don't think about everyone else. Because the mutants only come from the X Men universe, which this weird dividing line of mutants don't not existing in the MCU, yeah. but they exist in the X Men universe. That's a good mm-hmm. point. Oh yeah, because even the Netflix, the Netflix uh, extended universe, are any of those characters naturally born mutants? No, uh, they're I magic. They're given so. powers. I, they're I feel always. Like they all... They're, it's an outside force acting upon the character. It's not, kind of well, you know, mm-hmm. within a well of the character itself. Shit. Huh. Yeah, good point. And I don't know why that's that's kind of weird to me. But yeah, I don't know. So much in so little. And what, we have maybe like two or three episodes left, I think? Yeah, yeah. Well, damn, man. So I don't know. I feel like this is a good natural place to start yeah, the, for the episode if, if that's a did. solid one yeah, yeah. A, we got a we got a good stack a good stack of toast for you folks uh, always good to bring you the wandavision yeah. discussion but you know d- d- sprinkled some little different stuff you've heard enough valentine stuff by now so we don't need to keep bombarding you with the valentine's romance movies and such so we're transitioning into the rest of the it's season not like for anybody you. reviewed ps to all the boys i love or anything yeah no love stories here guys well, it's not the focus. It's not just like Valentine's. That's true. That's true. We could have given you that, it, it but I guess at this Day. point we're a week away from Valentine's. Yeah. Oh yeah, the movie. Yeah, we should do all. We should do a whole episode of all the 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 day oh movies: Mother's Day, New Year's Eve, Christmas Eve. I I threw uh, up. That'd be a great episode. So yeah, thanks for listening, everyone. Um, like we said earlier. Please get at us on all the socials. We're at Discord, Instagram, Reddit, TikTok, all those cool, fun <laughs> places the kids go to, all at movie underscore toast. YouTube and Facebook at movie toast news and reviews. Filmfreeway.com backslash movie toast of the festival to submit your yes, short please films. Submit. Yeah. And please leave us reviews, likes, fucking subscribe, whatever you, you kids do these days with podcasts. We, we need it. We don't need it, but it'd be We'll nice. take it. I mean, we're not going to turn it away. Yeah. We'll be mad about it. I'm going to talk shit about it next week. <laughs> oh, God, we got one more review. Let's add up the old reviews here. Uh, we're at 16 reviews now. I wanted only 15. All right, better make it 20. Round, round it up. No! Round it up. Don't you give us a 20. I will not do the show anymore. <laughs> so if you leave us five more reviews, I'm done. It's just the Dennis and Val show. Well, it was a it was a good one. We hope you enjoyed episode 73. Until next time, folks, as always, be sure to stay toasty. And, and I'm telling my as all this is going down, I'm telling my girlfriend, she's like, why are you so worried about their sex life? I'm like, well, because, man, these kids, they're having sex and I'm not, man. She's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, in high school, man, I didn't have no sex. Now middle school kids are having sex. It's like, yeah, I think you're thinking too much on this. But I'm like, no, in what world are these two kids not fucking, man? It just got to me. And I was kind of sad. Uh, you'd be surprised, but, uh, though. I mean, sure, it happens, but I don't think it's, it's yes. happening as often as you think. Fair enough. Thanks for making me feel good about my, uh, my childhood, Dennis. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm just saying.
It's not everyone's bag. It's not everyone's um, bag. <laughs> 